Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. That symphony of engines roaring in perfect harmony. It's a feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, Jerry. Oh, my word. Really, really terrible. Was that a glockenspiel, Jerry? Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Uh, no, no, Jerry. It's over. Hey, it's Mistress Carrie reporting for duty from MCHQ for episode 115 of the Mistress Carrie podcast. And on this week's episode, I wanted to do something we haven't done since episode two. Have two different guests on the same episode. Back on episode two, I talked to Corey Taylor from Stone Sour and Slipknot, and I also talked to Zach Myers from Shinedown. This time around, Zoltan Bathory from Five Finger Death Punch and Jacoby Shaddix from Papa Roach. Now, Jacoby was already on the podcast back on episode 48 in the height of the pandemic, but Zoltan has not been able to make an appearance yet. And these guys both have a lot of the same things going on. They're out on huge tours with new albums out, and they are both in an upcoming movie called The Retaliators. Jacoby Shaddix from Papa Roach, the guys from Five Finger Death Punch, Tommy Lee from Motley Crue, the casting and the soundtrack are out of control. And if you want to see the trailer, just click the link in the show notes of this episode. So I thought, why not have both guys on the same episode? And up first, allow me to introduce you to Zoltan Bathory from Five Finger Death Punch. Hey, what's up? This is Sully from Godsmack. Strap on those boots, baby, because you are now in the trenches of the war room with the one and only Mistress Carrie right here on the Mistress Carrie podcast. What's up? This is Joe Rogan, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. I have so lovely pretty eyes. Hey, this is Brent from Shinedown, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hey, Carrie, go put your brow on, girl. Hey, this is Steven Tyler, and you'll be listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. What's up? This is Aaron from Stan. And you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hi, everybody. This is Dave Grohl from the Food Fighters, and you're listening to the one, the only, 
Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is David from the band Disturbed. You're listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. Hi, Bruce Dickinson here from Iron Maiden. Yes, indeed. Miss Whiplash herself, Mrs. Carrie, is here to um, unchain your brain. Hi, this is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You're listening to Mistress Carrie. This is Dennis Leary. You are listening to my favorite, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is Corey from Stone Sour, and you're listening to... You have the privilege of listening to Mistress Carrie. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. How you been? Man, it's been, <laughs> been a long time. Z, how are you? It's so good to hear your voice. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, it's been some time. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. It's like we've got these lost years because of the pandemic. And it's like, I'm so excited that you guys are going to be in town again. Yeah, I mean... Tell you that is the same thing to me. Like that two years, just sort of, uh, you know, it's, it's time lost. It's just I don't even know where it went. Actually, it was nice to be able to keep track of all of your um, your medal winning in in your mixed martial arts on social media. Congratulations! Thank you. <laughs> At least you had that to keep yourself occupied outside of music during all the craziness of the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean that's basically what I did. You know, when when the world sort of the first, I mean, you know, you know each other for a long time. So, you know, you know how I operate. I, I put my foot on a gas. So I did that when I was 12, probably, and I never took it off. So that's, you know, that's my life. I just go, 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 right? And this was the first moment where, you know, where in the first couple of weeks, you know, I was sitting in my pool and I felt guilty of not working on something, you know? And it took me a minute to kind of realize, like, well, you know what? Like, nobody else can for other bands. So nobody else is going to outwork me, so to speak, you know? So so it took me a minute to adjust to this. And then, and then you know, and then I, I figured, like, well, I can, you know, I can train even more intensively. I can, you know, I can train almost every day. And, 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 and I, I got my black belt in jiu-jitsu finally after, like, 12, 13 years, you know, and, and so that's what I've been doing. And eventually, after a while, when we realized that this is going to take some time to to go back on the road, and actually we didn't know how long it's going to take, that's when we decided, like, you know what, let's just go back to the studio and, and make another record because we just don't know how long it's going to take before, you know, before we can tour again. I love your flex. I was sitting in the pool feeling guilty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I guess, because I'm the guy who, you know, the way I grew up in, you know, obviously I, it's, it's a different story. I, I grew up, grew up in a socialist communist country and at the time it was super bureaucratic. So, you know, so, so I went to school and after school I went to another school, you know, voluntarily. I knew that I, the only way I'm going to get out of here if I, if I'm faster, smarter, better educated, stronger than anyone else around me. So, so that was my attitude. That was my philosophy. I started martial arts when I was nine years old and I went to, you know, Went to school after school after school, yeah, getting, you know, degrees and, and, you know, and, and just devour books and knowledge because that was my way. And, and sort of, it became sort of a, you know, that's who I became, right? And, and it's actually, in some ways, it's kind of funny because it's, it's, if anything I have a hard time with, is actually that. Like, I still have to figure out and learn how to relax, you know? Like, if, it's a, if I'm not digging or if I'm not shoveling, then, then something's wrong. And you know what? And so to me, going to the beach and hanging in a hammock is not really <laughs> in the cards. And I, I think I got I to gotta learn it somehow. I, I, it has to have a, there has to be a balance, you know? 
I think that's why you and I have been friends for so long because we 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 both have overactive work ethics. Right. It's all we do. Yeah, because, yeah but you see, because what happened, this is that's how you got there, right? Where you are today, you know. And I mean, we had this conversation a million times that you know, once 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 you get your foot through the door, you, you that that's the moment when you don't relax. That's when, that's the moment when you finally have the opportunity. So that's how you get work the hardest. But in 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 the perspective of bands, you know, a lot of bands think about this, like think this way that they think they get signed and oh, now you're gonna be rock stars and we can relax. No, no, no. That's when the work starts. When you finally got your record deal, that's where you actually start working. And you have to work hard because everybody else wants it. And, you know, and so you have to be on the road 200 days a year, like with it, for years after years after years. That's just what it takes. When you first called me all those years ago and said that you were putting this band together, Five Finger Death Punch, could you have imagined back then that you'd have 13 consecutive number one songs, that you'd be getting ready to release <laughs> another album, going out on a massive headlining tour. Is this what you were working towards, or could you have even imagined where the band has gotten? Well, you know, interesting question. I, I never thought that I could do it, you know. Obviously, you know, the future, uh, the fu- you can't tell the future, even with the name Zoltan, Zoltan, Zoltar, whatever the machine is, you know. <laughs> even I can't tell <laughs> Even I can't tell the future, but but here's the thing. But I never doubted, though. You know, I think that's that's the difference where you have an intent. Like I had the intent to do this. You know, I had a goal. I had an intent, and I I was unwavering with with obviously the work ethics, and I was unwavering with with what I wanted. In fact, you know, we were we being, you know actually Ivan and I was just talking about this. Like how interesting it is that you know when any genre you get a you know you get a number one hit. People celebrate, right? In heavy metal, when you get a number one hit, then oh, you sold out. You know how weird is that, right? Because it's just a weird equation in that world. And and you know, and and the answer to that, like actually, no, I I didn't sell out. I was a little kid that I promised to, you know, that I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go to America. I'm gonna get a guitar and I'm gonna learn to play and I'm gonna tour the world with a rock band. That was the dream, right? I never sold out that dream. I never sold out that kid. Right, and so that's kind of how that worked. Like I, I just never doubted that I can do it. Now, as for did I foresee that they're gonna have this level of success or this specific? No. Yes, you know, it's these these two are these two statements are not opposing each other. It's, it, I, I didn't know that where we're gonna end up, but yet I never doubted that we can. You know you're doing a good job and you know you've become successful when people start shitting on you for being so successful. Right. Well, they, they, those are just negative fans, you know, meaning, you know, they're fans. I mean, you know, look, Howard Stern became super famous because of the people who hated him, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, you just kind of have to, in fact, if, if you stop getting the negative comments, that's when you start to worry, like, man, maybe I'm not pissing off the right people or I'm not, you know, it's, it's, it's about the reaction. You, you achieve some kind of a reaction, you know? If people just don't care, that's when you're in trouble, you know? Now, if it's a negative reaction, it's still a reaction, you know? It's, 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 I, I just call them negative fans. They just don't know that they are fans. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? But they live for it because they can't wait to get up and go online and say something really that 15 people will read and <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, not their existence, but 
look, I, I look at this stuff actually like life in some way is a competition, you know. And even though like I'm a, I'm a spiritually aligned person, I still see it that way. That life is in a, a competition in a way that you know it's only one one dude who's gonna be the captain of the football team, or there's only one guy who's gonna be uh, I don't know get the prom queen. There is only one CEO of the company, right? So there are these positions that can't be occupied by two people at the same time. So people compete for, you know, for positions, social positions, and you know, or or, or even in a, you know in, in in relationships like they're going to be one girlfriend, one boyfriend, one wife, one husband, whatever, right? So if you look at it that way, when you compete for for those positions, right? The, the people who talk about this, the people who, you know, the haters, so to speak, or people who waste their time on, on that, if you have time to go online and, 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 and type crazy stuff, then you're actually not a competition to me. I'm busy working. I, I don't even have time really to read that stuff. So, you know, so that's how I see it. It's, it's, it's actually, it's actually a, a, a creates a situation that takes a lot of people out of the competition because they're busy with, you know, busy with having an opinion about others instead of, instead of keeping their foot on the pedal and just, just go do something with your life, you know? Five Finger Death Punch has been through a lot like everyone else with the pandemic and, and getting shut down and kind of kept away from touring and your fans. And then the band has been through a lot over the years. As you get ready to release Afterlife, and you've come out the other side, not only the other side of a pandemic, but the other side of a lot of the internal struggles with the band. What does it mean to you now that Afterlife is getting ready to come out, that the band is going back out on the road, that the fans are receiving the music well, and that you guys have done it together? Right. I mean, that's kind of the reason that of the title. It is called Afterlife because of, of that the reasons you actually mentioned. It's, it's the afterlife of, of what just happened in the world, you know? That this, this, is, this is definitely something that changed uh, a lot of people, you know? And how they perceive life and what's important, what isn't important. And how they see, you know, infrastructures and social structures that are, you know, that we thought were solid that can collapse, you know, within days. Or, you know, what's really important? What is life? Um, there are various ways to look at it. Some people who, who had to stay home, you know, they were, you know, they were out of, out of the hamster wheel, right? And the first time they could look up like, whoa, what, what I was doing in my whole life, sitting in the office in a cubicle and, you know, so let's re-evaluate, re-evaluate this. And then, and then people who were the emergency workers and who were in the front line of it, they could, they really saw how fragile, you know, the structure is and how, how fragile life is. So it's, you know, one way or another, this affected everyone, right? So this is now whatever happened. And it was the first global event in our recorded history. World War II wasn't really global. It was localized to certain places, right? So, but this, this affected everyone. And so, so this is the first global event that, you know, that we can call a global event. And, and it, I think it changed everyone one way or another. This will be in the history books forever, right? So there is, there is an afterlife after that. And, then an afterlife on a personal way that this band and, and our career and how lines have changed. And right now we are in this new phase where everybody's friends and super happy, every, happy and everybody's sober and there's this great energy. So this is, this is our afterlife of, of, of our previous, you know, lineups and, and career. And, and then third, what afterlife actually means, right? 
because because it's a simple phrase after life. But if you think about that simple phrase, what you think of after life, what this phrase means means to you, is actually dictating your behavior in your entire life. And what I mean by that is that it's a concept, right? It's an existential concept of what happens when we die. And you know, and those are the probably the two most important questions. You know, who we are, where we come from, and what happens when we die. And so. And every culture has a, has an idea. Every culture, you know, look at the Vikings. They thought like, well, you have to die in battle in honor. And if you do that, then you go to Valhalla, right? So that dictated what the Vikings were doing, seeking war, seeking conflict, and want to die in war in, in honor, right? You can't really beat a Viking warrior that if you, if you kill them, they won. <laughs> because right. they got to go to Valhalla, right? So difficult, difficult. And there are some other cultures who have very uh, similar beliefs, right? But that dictated how they lived. Then you, let's say, let's say go to the East. Eastern philosophy, many Eastern philosophies have this idea of, of reincarnation, right? And, and the idea is that you have to become enlightened. You have to become uh, spiritually enlightened to escape this constant cycle of enlightenment. And if you don't, I'm sorry, constant cycle of, of, of reincarnation. And if you, don't, if you don't get to that spiritual level, then you have to come back and relive lives after lives. You can't escape this plan, right? This plane. And so, so what happens, um, a lot of people will lead that spiritual life and they do yoga, meditation, and, and, and spirituality is, is really a, a, a massive element of their existence because they want to achieve that. They want to achieve that spiritual freedom. So again, their idea of afterlife is dictating what they do in their lives. And if you come, let's say Europe, America, a lot of countries that have a, a, a mainly Judeo-Christian sort of foundation, right? And in that, there is this duality of heaven and hell, you know, uh, punishment and reward. And so even even the non-religious will, will, you know, this is embedded in the fabric of your, your fabric of society some way. And so so even if you're a non-believer, if, you, if you're non-religious, still you do have this, you know, it's almost like it's in your, you know, it's, it's kind of in your uh, foundation, right? And and so you're going to think about life that way, what you get rewarded for, what you're going to get punished for, right? So it is actually this idea of afterlife is, is, is dictating how you behave in, in, your, in your life. You know, the idea of guilt and, you know, all that stuff comes from, you know. It's very philosophical for a guy that's going to star in a slasher movie. Right. <laughs> Acting. Actor Zoltan, like all of a sudden you're taking that million dollar smile from behind the heavy metal guitar and now you're acting. What? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it was, it was an opportunity. It's, uh, it's a horror movie, you know, the retaliator, it's retaliator. And, um, you know, the idea was here really that uh, our record label, you know, expanding into movies, they, they were involved with the Mothic movie, the third was very successful and they and they marching in down that, that lane and so they were they were creating this horror movie the retaliators i have a hard time pronouncing it right and um and so so it was i think it was a brilliant idea like hey well we have all these bands on the label and what if you know give them a platform to sort of you know spread their wings and and have some you know they can act and they can try that out and it's a different artistic expression in some way and also the soundtrack you know can be provided by the bands and and so so the entire movie is stacked with a a, a, a lot of you know well-known musicians you know it's from the tommy lee to jacoby everybody's in this movie so this this is this was like sort of a cross 
platform between movies and, and rock music. And, you know, obviously, you know, it's a horror movie. So it's, it's a rock music and horror movie kind of goes, you know, it will work. It goes hand in hand in some way. I'm getting ready to talk to Jacoby about the movie. How did he do? Was he good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, he did really good. He, he was kind of a psychopath in the movie. And, uh, you know, he did. He, he sold it. You know, I have to, you know, I have questions. I have questions. <laughs> when I when I see him next time, like man, you know, you you was this all acting or you know? <laughs> I'm gonna uh, see you on September 18th at the Xfinity Center with Megadeth, Fire from the Gods, and the Who. And by then, mm-hmm. Afterlife will be out. Can yeah. you not wait for the fans to hear this record? Oh yeah, I, I mean, like for us, you know, this is this is the time. This is what this is what is it is about. You know, you you go to the studio and you you know. You create something. You 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 spend time, energy. All you put your heart in it, and then then package it up, and it's ready to go. And it's always that moment when you put it out. And it's almost like Christmas, you know. Of the fans got to open the present. You know what I mean? And and that's kind of how that feels. And it's always the most exciting time right before the record. And and this particular record actually is very very. It sounds like fighting in that much yet. It's very different from from the previous record. And can't wait to share. Can't wait to see the reaction. I can't wait to hear the songs live. And I also can't wait to see you so I can give you a hug without a hazmat suit. Right? <laughs> Finally. That's funny. I will see you uh, September 18th. Maybe we'll get a chance to sit down and talk some more about the album and about everything else that you got going on. But I'm so happy that you checked in on the show today. Thank you. Absolutely. Good to hear your voice. You too, and I'll see you soon. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Carrie. That's Zoltan Bathory from Five Finger Death Punch, and I realize that Zoltan and Jacoby have something else in common. They are both overflowing with energy. And now, let me reintroduce you to Jacoby Shaddix from Papa Roach. Mr. Shaddix. Yo, what's up, Carrie? How you living? I'm doing all right. Last time I talked to you, the world was a lot different. How have you been holding up? Oh, man. Well, we're out back on tour. Um, Tour's going great. Yeah, you're out on the Roxanna tour. You're in Green Bay, Wisconsin today. With the cheeseheads. Rocking the cheeseheads today. (laughs) My husband's from Wisconsin. It's It's a very interesting place, Wisconsin. Yeah, I went and uh, went for a bike ride earlier today, and I never really like you know. Sometimes I go on tour, and it's like I'm just see the venue and the stage, and it's like uh, I don't get to see much of the city. So I went out and cruised around on my bike, and you know it's Sunday, so it's just quiet around here. So I went over to I rode my bike over to Lambeau Field and uh, took a picture in front of it. You know, I'm a I'm a Niners fan, so I <laughs> you know I had to talk a little smack. But it's nice that you can get away from the venue and like actually see stuff. You guys travel a lot, but you don't get to see a lot. Yeah, it's a, I, got, I got a bicycle on this tour, so I'm just getting out, doing some adventuring on show days and just, you know, not just sitting in the bus doing the same old, same old, same old. Plus, it's summertime, man. It's good to get out. I need to get that sun on my face. Keeps my, uh, keeps my spirits up. You know what I mean? It's good to be on tour. I'll tell you that. Is the family out there with you? I thought I read something that the family got to come and hang out. Uh, yeah, so my uh, my wife and my oldest just came to the show yesterday. We did a show in Iowa, and my son goes to uh, college in Iowa. And so my wife was out there helping him move into his apartment, getting him settled. 
And uh, yeah, so they popped in for a show for a day, which was, it was awesome. Nice little visit. And uh, yeah, but now I'm back off on the road and ripping and roaring. Dude, you got a kid in college. Yes. Uh, that that dates me. I had a what? kid. Yeah. It's, it's wild, man. He's a good, he's a good young man though. He's, I'm not worried about that kid at all. Like he's just, he gets it. He's hard worker, you know, and puts, he puts the work in and understands like nothing's going to get handed to you. You got to go out and get it. And he's super driven and motivated. And so I'm stoked. He ain't no deadbeat. Thank God. We talked the last time about the experience of being a dad and like having to drop him off at school. And now he's at college and like the people he goes to school with are going to find out you're his dad. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's funny, man. Like he brought a a slew of his homies to the show last night. They were all in the mosh pit, ripping it up. (laughs) And so it was cool. We were playing dice at the end of the night. I was taking all their money. It was great. Yeah, you won 19 whole dollars, I saw. Yeah, I'm balling over here, you know what I'm saying? I cyberstalk you a lot. You are constantly doing stuff on social media. What do you what do you like best? Do you like the way Instagram works cuz they're changing things? Do you like TikTok like from a social media perspective? What's the most fun for you when you're out on the road? Uh for me, I just like really and truly it's like just the story element of uh Instagram is the easiest cuz it's like I don't have to like sit there and write some big old diatribe about, you know, some, what I'm doing or whatever. It's like, I'm going to show you what I'm doing. And uh, I, I primarily kind of dive in more to social media when I'm on the road and uh, you know, I'll do my stuff for TikTok and stuff like that. I have fun with TikTok. That's like a good outlet for like the humorous element, the cheeky goofy side of who we are. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll dive into that, but I like the story, the stories in Instagram. That's kind of where I live mostly. What's the weirdest TikTok you saw using Papa Roach music? Because it gets used a lot. Oh, dude. I mean, we did this thing where people would do their own lyrics to Last Resort. (laughs) And it was just, it was hilarious. It was like, cut my wife into pieces. This is my last divorce. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, just some dark stuff. But thank God people got a sense of humor. You know what I mean? It's like, and for me, it's like, I know the power of the uh, of music and I understand the power of music, but then I also understand like, it's also, it's fun to just kind of take the piss out of things. I think that's what I've learned from touring in the UK is that twisted sense of humor uh, and the sarcasm. And I can't take myself too seriously. And so I enjoy it when people cut up on our music. I think it's fun. Well, they carried that across the pond because as you're very well aware, a lot of us in the Northeast are like that too. Oh yeah. You guys are sick and twisted and you know, <laughs> cynical and hilarious and just yeah man for real and then you decided to kick off the rockzilla tour in the northeast it's like talk about just diving headfirst into the deep end oh yeah man we did we did a bunch of shows up there we did this uh one place up in new hampshire and it was on a lake the bank of new hampshire pavilion that's lake winnipesaukee oh my god i got love for that place i'm like i'd have to go i have to go back it's just, it's a special special venue. The crowd was insane. The vibe was just it was one of the best shows of the tour. That one still stands out in my mind. It was Winnipesaukee. I love it. <laughs> you got to go up there um, around Father's Day because that's Bike Week and it gets oh nuts hell yeah nuts up there. All right, we just did a we just did Sturgis too. Speaking of Bike Week, um, and that was rowdy as 
that was off the chain. That's always a good time. That's our second, that's our second time, second or third, maybe third. I don't know. Done it a few times. And that was a, that was slam. And they had like a bikini contest before the rock show. I'm like, this is rock and roll. <laughs> it was sick, man. It was a great time. Right before the tour started, I sat down and had a long conversation with Ronnie Radke from Falling in Reverse. Oh, yeah. Who could not stop showering you with praise about the great advice you give him, about how you act a lot of time like an older brother for him. And he got really mushy and gushy about this relationship that you two have. And then I go on social media and you guys are slapping each other with tortillas. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just my bro, you know? It's like, it's it's cool, man. I appreciate Ronnie showing me love like that, you know? Um, I, I see a lot of my my younger self in Ronnie, to be honest. Like, I was just turned loose, wild, buck nutty, destroying everything on my path for, for some years. And, uh, you know, there came a time when I was like, all right, like that, that phase of my life has kind of come to an end. And now I'm, you know, 10 years into putting the bottle down, putting the drink down. And uh, I'm definitely in Ronnie's corner when it comes to him, you know, in his sobriety. You know, I think that's awesome. You know, he's like, I think two years off the bottle, which is amazing. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's, it's hard to like teach an old dog new tricks. Right. And, and that's what I've been trying to do in my life is like be that old dog that's willing to like learn some new tricks and in doing that, it's given me some longevity in this career, and and I've been able to right some wrongs and and uh, clean up some wreckage. And I think my boy Ronnie's kind of in the middle of that that space, right, where it's like he's he's going, all right, like there's there's not this. It's hard to keep that uh, on eleven lifestyle for year after year after year after year, you know. And he's he's having a moment right now, man. He's had had a few songs that are really connecting and really coming into his own and it's dope, man. It's, it's cool to take a band like falling in reverse out because they push us because their show goes off. It's high energy. The crowd is like in the palm of his hand. Right. And I'm like, every night I go into their dress room and I'm like, motherfuckers fucking stole the show. Now I got to go steal that fucker back. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't and, let the uh, young guys take it away from you. Oh, dude, it, it's, I love it, man. It's like, I love a band that gives us a run for our money. You know, when they, when they get up on that stage and they're bringing that energy, it's like, it makes for a great night of rock and roll. And I mean, it's straight up from like the first band, Bad Wolves to Hollywood Undead, Falling in Reverse to Papa Roach. It's like the fans are coming out early for the shows and it's a great show from the opening band all the way to, you know, the last song of P. Roach. It's a, it's a vibe. And I think we got a really thing going, really good thing going on Rockzilla right now. And I, uh, there's talks about us doing this again in the future. And so we're just uh, trying to figure out exactly when we're going to do it. Everything comes in cycles and it feels like new metal. And I use the term loosely with the bunny ear quotes. It's that, that era, yeah. you know, that people are starting to look back at that the way that people in the early to mid nineties looked back and was like, wait a minute. There were a lot of jokes made about the eighties, but there was a lot of fucking great music that got made. Then Absolutely. Too. And now people are starting to look back at the mid to late nineties and early two thousands and realize a lot of great music got made then. And you guys have been able, like you said, 
to stick around and be able to ride this ride, would mm-hmm. you have been able to be where you're where you're at right now if you weren't able to get your hands around sobriety and really have the band be healthy and and inspired and ready to go? I don't think so, man. I I I, I really feel like we wouldn't be in the same place that we are. Um, a lot of a lot of bands from that era had have you know people have died um bands have broken up bands quit making new music and uh i think for me yeah man getting off the bottle for good and and making that change in my life gave me a new lease on life gave me a new opportunity to get out there and rip and it's so dope because there's these young bands uh for instance to say like bring me the horizon or of mice and men or um, say falling in reverse that they were kids when P Roach and corn and Deftones and Limp Biscuit and Godsmack were just dropping onto the scene. Right. And so they were just impressionable, the impressionable youth and they were listening to our music. And now 20 years later, those bands are all, you know, coming up and killing it and citing our bands as early influences on them as writers and creators and, artists and bands and so to see that kind of cyclical moment happening right now fuck yeah i'm glad we're still here i'm glad we got our shit together i'm glad we're still making music i'm glad we're still making an impact and uh our story is is not finished you know i think we still got a lot more to tell and it's it's a good time to be in p roach it's a good time to be making heavy music with guitars it's like it really feels like there's this like this convergence for rock music in general happening again and it's uh I'm just glad to still be out here killing it with my boys. I saw something today that blew my mind when you mentioned people passing away. Can you believe today is the 20th anniversary of the passing of Dave Williams from Drowning Pool? I know. I saw that on your post. I was like, oh, I, that's I my heart, man. I could not believe that it's yeah. been 20 years because when things like that come up, when you and I start talking about the early days and I realize how long we've known each other and how Mm -hmm. long it, it kind of freaks me out (laughs) that it's been this long. Yeah. Because on one hand, it seems like yesterday Yep. and a lot of life has happened since then. Mm -hmm. I mean, time flies when you're having a good time, you know, time flies when life rips and uh you know rest in peace my brother dave williams man we did a we did some tours with those guys back in the day and those dudes just shredded i I wish you you just wonder sometimes like if if he was still around what what would be up with drowning pool you know would they be out here slaying it because he was one of those guys that every time he came into a room he lit up the room a hundred percent hundred percent and i just he's just got that like southern he had that just southern joy just coming out of him you know what i mean like that good old boy kind of vibe you could tell uh, that him and dimebag were close because dime was the same way totally absolutely it's like those texas boys you know what i'm saying you gotta (laughs) love the texas boys for real um don't let them around whiskey and fireworks man those guys are dangerous dude i got a funny story uh this is a this is a Vinny story rest in peace Vinny. i love you bro um so we we uh we were doing a show in Texas outside Texas and this is when uh he was playing with Hell Yeah and he, and he had come out 
to the show. And every time he saw me, he'd always make a point to come find me. Be like, man, are you guys playing Getting Away with Murder tonight? I'm like, fuck yeah, we are. Because that's my fucking song. And I was like, that's what's up. We're rocking for you, Vinny. So I'm in the back lounge afterwards, and I'm having a, a little sober meeting with a, with a couple guys on on the phone, like, you know, having a little round robin chair, kind of, you know, catching up. And uh, he, he busts in the back lounge. You know, my my dudes were like, oh, he's in the back doing a little sober meeting. He's like, ah, fuck, I got to say what's up to my boy, Kobe. So he pops in the back lounge. And I'm like, oh, what's up, Vinny? Good to see you. Enjoy the show. Oh, your show was amazing, man. So it's like 1.30 in the morning. And he's like, hey, man, you got to come down to the cat house, dude. I got my limo here. We're ready to fucking go. Let's go. And I'm like, man, bus calls like at 2 o'clock, dude. Like, I, I can't make it. Like, I'd be down if you asked me earlier. He's like, fuck it, man. I, it's, it's only like 25 minutes away, dude. And I'm like, Vinny, bus call is in 30 minutes. How the hell am I going to get to the cat house, have a good time, and turn around and get back to the bus in 30 minutes? Oh, you're right. Let me give you a hug. Give me a hug. And I was like, he always cracked me up with those, like, little moments and, like, just what a bundle of joy that dude was, man. What a what a light that dude was. Straight up, man. I uh yeah, he was a he was a good one. He's a real good one. The interwebs went crazy with the announcement that Charlie Benante and Zach Wilde are gonna take Pantera out on the road next year. Yeah. And on one hand, it's like, how do you do it? And on the other hand, if you're gonna do it, those are the guys to do it. Yep. Absolutely, man. When when I heard the first announcement, I was like, oh, "Man, really? They're gonna?" I, and I didn't know that uh, Charlie and Zach were signed up. And when I heard that they were part of it, I was like, "Now it makes sense." Yeah. Now it's like now this rips. It's like because those dudes were all. It's the same circle of bands. Same, you know. It's a, it was that era and that time, and. Uh, I think they're going to go out and just slay it in honor of their fallen brothers. You know what I'm saying? And I think like there's no other guitar player that I feel would be right to fit that space to, to honor Pantera's music uh, like Zach would. And, and he's just, Zach's a good dude too, man. He's just a solid dude. And uh, I got to go out. I got to get out and see one of these shows when they made the announcement. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go see one of these. I'm going to find myself at a Pantera show. <laughs> yeah, that that music live, having seen oh. those guys a few times, it's like good luck surviving. Oh, I, yeah. I'm like, am I going to go like in football shoulder pads and a helmet? <laughs> like, do, do I need to protect myself? Yeah, it might be insane. Um, I, I have to talk to you about the movie because recently mm-hmm. I talked to Zoltan and he told me that you're so good in this movie that he's a little worried about you and that maybe you need to go to therapy. <laughs> well, you know, I'm no stranger to therapy. Uh, that's, that's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> I have some issues. Um, but yeah, thank you, Zoltan, for the, for the kind words. And uh, I had a really good time playing this character, Quinn Brady. He's just an absolute sick, disgusting, deplorable, just bottom feeder of a human. And uh, I really, I found it cha- very challenging to get in front of the camera in that regard, like as an actor, because I'm a rock and roll guy. Um, I am comfortable in front of a camera, just not necessarily as an actor. And uh, I got a lot of really good tips from my director and producer, and they helped me and and 
you know, what I learned from the process of getting on camera um, as this character, Quinn Brady, um, the fellow was like, you just, everything's like inside this box, right? Like all the action and everything that's happening is like right here. There's none of this other stuff you're going to see. So everything that you do when it comes to your facial expressions or whatnot, or, or what, whatever you're doing, it's subtle. Just remember to like hold on to the subtleties and cause with rock and roll, everything, when you're on stage, everything is grand and big and massive and, you know, it's it kind of goes along with that theater vibe. Well, you're trying and, to get uh, to the person in the back row. Exactly. Totally. And so trying to like dial that back in, that was a challenge. Um, but I had a really good time shooting the film and definitely would. Uh, I, I encourage fans to go out and see it. I think it's dropping uh, September 13th. Um, there's a premiere in New York. Um, I know that there's some kind of uh, enter to win thing that's happening right now. So if you just go on Retaliators Film you know, and search that up. You can find this enter to win to be at the premiere. And uh, it's in like, I think 2000 theaters um, for one day, uh, which is kind of, which is a really big deal for, you know, an independent film like this. And the soundtrack is dope. Um, and, you know, back at Zoltan, man, he did a great job in the film as well, as well as Ivan. Ivan is just, he's, you know, he has that ability to just have this like dark sinister vibe and uh, his character, he nailed it, man. And it's a, it's, it's a cool, cool twisted you know fucked up horror flick with with just a a dash of morality well when tommy lee gets cast as a strip club dj the casting's pretty good yeah i mean they nailed that dude you know and we now can date ourselves based on how many times you've been alive to see tommy lee's penis break the internet you and i are old enough to have seen it happen twice now that's how you date yourself I got to tell you this, man. (laughs) So I'm like scrolling through Instagram and I was like, what the damn, the hog strikes again. (laughs) And I'm like, and I swear to God, I was like, I screenshotted it. I screen. I was like, they're going to take it down. I got to send this to my wife. Look at this thing. Yeah, dude is, uh, he's, he's, I don't know if he's blessed or cursed with that thing. Does does I just wonder? Does he go lightheaded when he gets a hard on? Because all the blood goes to his to his wiener. What like, I couldn't believe golly. is that Instagram took it down immediately. Facebook, it took like eight hours, dude. It's still up on his Twitter. Twitter's not taking it down. It's still there. Yeah, Twitter. Yeah, Twitter's like Twitter. It's kind of like whatever on Twitter. I feel like because you know it's it's like I don't think there's as many regulations yeah. on Twitter. You know so. They don't like it when you lie on Twitter, but if you're big, if your penis is big for real, well, that's the truth and it stays. Hey, that's, that's a fact. You know what? I was thinking about morphing Tommy Lee's wiener onto me for a photo. I think that might be kind of cool. <laughs> Maybe like replace, replace my arm with Tommy Lee's dick. I don't know. <laughs> Just superimpose your head on his body. Change the <laughs> tattoos around a little bit. Dude. Hey, here I am, man. Kobe Lee. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, dude. I, I got to tell you, though, dude, I'm so proud of those dudes and Motley Crue getting out there and ripping this uh, stadium tour and just packing those places out. I've been following it online and I haven't been able to get to a show, but to just see all those bands out there ripping it, Joan Jett, Poison, Def Leppard smashes it every night. And, you know, I love, I'm love i a big Motley Crue fan, so it's cool to see the guys out there doing this um, and slaying it. It was so weird to see them at Fenway Park. 
Like, yeah, it's can, a park, right? They wouldn't have let Motley Crue near Fenway Park in their heyday when they were crazy. Because oh, no. they would have just burned yeah. the place down. Yeah, absolutely. And now they're like, oh, not only are we going to let him in, we're going to let him play a show. Yeah, right? That's wild. They're doing these big old stadiums, though. It's so cool. Yeah. How was, uh, how was Def Leppard? They're, they're unbelievable. Every, like, they sound good every night. Yeah. They're and, just, they got that gift. And Def Leppard is one of those bands that, like, is just like, you know what? Let's just try it. So they have a couple of different gins that have come out. And they have a line of cosmetics oh, wow. and a line of scented candles. So, Man, ma- they so have, they, yeah. they've raised the bar on you. We need we need Papa Roach scented candles now. Man, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say that I don't know if people would like the smell of our candles. <laughs> this one is this one's called uh, gig, gig Butt. Oh, <laughs> the infamous Gig Butt. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Although I just saw an Instagram where people were talking about what your shoes smell like, and I guess your feet smell okay. Hey, you know, I mean, when my shoes are brand new, yes. Yeah. But when they've been on tour for six weeks, not so much. <laughs> yeah. My boy did a great – I'm actually wearing those shoes. My dude, he he designed them. He did a bunch of drawings all over them. Oh, look at that. Like he's, he put these praying hands on there. He put a – what's that? A little papa. On the other side, he put poppy. Nice comb. He got, yeah, he got the comb. I like this little rose right here, too, he did. Hey, listen, you can be poppy, but you have to be little poppy here because we have a big poppy I know, already. I know. I know you got big poppy out there. So, Ortiz, what's up? And, and he just came out with it. Notice how he got inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame on a Sunday, and then on Monday he announced his line of cannabis. So it's amazing you know how that stuff happens. Yeah. Absolutely. I saw Ric Flair, the same thing. He retired. He retired from wrestling. And next thing you know, he's like promoting weed. I'm like, there you go, dude. Dude, just wait for Papa Roach to drop our line. Well, I mean, I'm surprised we haven't done that yet. It seems like something that it just would totally work. I think when it when it becomes nationally legal, that's the tough part is navigating Mm -hmm. the states where it's legal and the states where it's not. It's really weird because I can take. I can take weed sponsors on the Mistress Carrie podcast. Right. But they can't sponsor my radio show. Because of oh, the FCC. Right, it's, because it, it's not nationally. It. So it's yeah. it's all weird. Like they just need to legalize it and regulate it and tax it and make yep. the rules the same so we can just deal with it. Yeah. I feel like that's coming. That's coming shortly. It's uh it's really benefited the the states that it is legal in. Yeah. They're you know, they've made a lot of money. People are willing to pay the price for it, you know, and the taxing of it. And in reality, for, for people that are, you know, addicts that are, say, trying to kick uh, heroin or, you know, heavy, really heavy um, drugs like that. I, I don't know what they're called. Barbiturates, I think. Maybe what it, is what it is. Narcotics, the, barbiturates. Yeah, narco- yeah. And so trying to kick that, a lot of addicts have really found... Um, that the indica strains of of marijuana have been very helpful, you know, in getting clean, you know, and I, I think that that's that's great, you know, for people that are struggling with that. Because God, that's I can imagine. I never I never was a heroin guy or a heroin addict, you know, but every story that I hear about people trying to kick it is just like 
it's almost like a death sentence, you know? And so, yeah, it's, and there's a lot of great uses for the cannabis straight up. So people were afraid of what those stores were going to look like. And they look like Apple stores when you go in there. (laughs) Right. It's like you go in and it's, Totally. And you're sitting down, they give you a menu. It's like talking to a master wine sommelier. It's like, okay, well, this is, and you're like, what is going on? Yeah, it wasn't like going to your homie's house, like, and just being like, hey, man, like, how about like a 10 sack, dude? Cool, man. Like, you got it? Oh, yeah, come on over. You hit him on the pager. You you used to get into strangers' cars in alleys. Yes. Yes. It's like, now you go into the store and it's like, somebody's dad is working behind the counter and you're like, What's up, Mr. Wilson? Exactly. So yeah. weird. Yeah, it is pretty funny, man. It's hey, dude, it's it's another day. Before I let you go, when Rockzilla gets done, what are the plans for the rest of the year? And people are already announcing stuff for 2023. So what's on the docket next? Um, so right after this, we got a couple shows in September. Um, we're going to I think it's like St. Louis and uh Louder Than Life. Uh that's in Louisville, Kentucky. So a couple of real big festivals. Um, And then we have another one in October, uh, which is Aftershock. That's in Sacramento. Another really big festival. We're one of the headliners on that. And then um, I think for October, November, December, we're going to pull the plug for a little while. And uh, because we've just been going pretty hard the front end of this year. And then we're setting up 2023. Um, We're going to Australia. We're going to Europe. We're going to South America. We're planning another... um, u.s and canadian tour and so the announcements the announcements for the u.s canadian tour will be coming up pretty soon because we're starting to hammer out those details and so a lot of touring in 2023 for us and uh you know i think we're probably going to do a little bit of writing uh here at the end of the year while we're taking a little time off and so getting creative and just kind of you know pulling the slingshot back again so we could just set it off next year where are you going to go that you've never been? Is there a place Papa Roach has never been in the planet on the planet? Uh, uh, Southeast Asia. We haven't done a lot. Of Southeast Asia. Never been to Thailand. Uh, I'd love to go play the Philippines. Um, been to Japan. Um, going to go back to Japan. That's exciting. But Southeast Asia is kind of that, unch- you know, uncharted territory for us. And so I think it's time that we get over there and rip it. Plus, I'd like to go do a show in Dubai at some time. I've always been fascinated with that area of the world and i think it would just be cool to go trip out on it well i went there this year oh really yeah my husband's in the military yeah and and i got some time off and he said well meet me in the emirates so i spent a bunch of time in dubai and a bunch of time in abu dhabi and the term fuck you money applies for that region of the world they oh, just, just everybody's. that's just fuck you money over there. It's, I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> I'll go witness it. I'll be like, wow, that's what it looks like. Are you a roller coaster guy? Uh, you know what? I was when I was younger, but every time I get on a roller coaster now, I get off and I just feel nauseous as fuck. I rode the I, world's fastest roller coaster there at Ferrari World. Okay. Is it sick? Dude. It, you go from like zero to like 200 miles an hour in like a, in a roller coaster. It's out of control. I've, All right. I got to do that. And we're driving down the road and there's just wild camels. They're just, just, yes. just camels. I got to go see it. I got to go see it. And I, I was the idiot that pulled over and was like petting the wild camels because I, because I could. Yeah. Why not? Why wouldn't I mean, you? you know. But you just don't want to get trampled by one of those things because those things are fucking big. Yeah, they're huge. And they just... Or, I, dude, 
they can just grab honestly have you seen a vi- i saw a video of a uh, a camel grabbing a dude by his head and throwing him <laughs> yeah. like grabbing him by his head and throwing i was like damn i yeah so i'll watch out for the camels. i baby talked him and i think they liked yeah. it i was like yeah and they seem to be into it so but yeah, if you if you haven't gone care. there yet, um, it's definitely a part of the world that you have to experience. It was insane to say the least. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's on the docket. I just it's definitely somewhere I'd really like to go. Yeah. And now you got me even more excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Well, it was so good to see you. Thank you for hanging out with me. Good luck with the Absolutely. movie. I'm so excited to see you acting and and like. It's going to be weird for me because you're going to play someone that I'm probably going to have to hate. And I don't want to hate oh, yeah. you, but I'm going to have uh, you to can hate, hate you. Me. It's fine. Yeah, I'm just a disgusting human being. <laughs> um, I will say uh, I had a good time doing it. It's it's not that massive. I don't have a large part in the film, um, but it definitely got me thinking I got to go do this again. So Really? You got the bug now? Yeah. I think so, you know, because it's like I just did a real small part in the film. So I feel like. I want to go do something that's a little bigger, you know, and just keep growing it and just see where I could take it. That would you know, be very new cool. challenges. Well, if the, if you ever end up casting something that they need a purple haired radio DJ, you know who to call. You're my girl. <laughs> All right. It was so good to see you. Absolutely. Great to see you as well. And uh, tell Ronnie that I said hi and um, hit him with a tortilla sure. for me. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Bye, honey. Peace. All right, there he is, Jacoby Shaddix from Papa Roach, and before that, Zoltan Bathory from Five Finger Death Punch. Watch the trailer for the upcoming movie they are both in called The Retaliators. The link is in the show notes of this episode. The movie hits theaters on September 14th. The new Five Finger Death Punch album, Afterlife, comes out this Friday. And you can see Five Finger Death Punch at the Xfinity Center in Mansfield, Massachusetts on September 18th. While you're checking out the show notes, you can also listen to the corresponding playlist. I make a playlist for every full-length episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast, and it's filled with the music of both of my guests, and it's got music from all of the artists that we talked about in both of the interviews. You'll also find all of Zoltan's social media links, all of Five Finger Death Punch's links, Jacoby's links, and Papa Roach's links, and you'll find mine there as well. Just a reminder to check out the official online Mistress Carrie store at mistresscarrie.com. You'll find everything from tank tops to hoodies to beanies, t-shirts, and more. And you can join me every Tuesday night live on my official Facebook page for my video streaming show, Cocktails in the War Room. The Mistress Carrie podcast, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. It's a primal, wild freedom. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. Hmm, no. You know, we really lost a stride at the end there. 
Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive, America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.